Hi everybody, it's Jack Mitchell again, SBO Perspectives, the weekly podcast that I'm having so much fun this year. Um, you know, to believe that this is now the 10th episode is such a great thing. When I talked about this years back and just having my comrades around the state um, be a part of this, I'm really enjoying it and having fun. And really, you know, I talk to folks, this is my catharsis, right, for me, but even more so to lend out to everybody and, you know, all of our community, SBOs, and even not SBOs, uh, to really get something out of it. So, um, again, excited, new episode, new month. Um, so, as I alluded to last week, I have a great guest. Uh, like, all oh, my guests are great, I should say. But um, in this respect, this guy um, really connected with at a conference years back. And, you know, when I asked him to do it, I mean, he's he's so excited, so eager, I could tell you. Uh, it's going to be a really good one tonight. Um, this podcast episode is going to have everything and more. Um, but as I go through now and introduce him, I want to say um, another smart, smart SBO here uh, has his doctorate. Um, he's in the Gates. Uh-oh, I might say it wrong here. Let me stop myself. He's in the Gates Chai Lai District. Um, and uh, he started right before the pandemic. So this is his second year uh, there. Um, has very extensive experience. SBO has also an SFO designation. I think he's probably like one of the first ones in the state to get that. I don't know how long ago, maybe five, six years ago. Uh, so having said all of that, I want to introduce Dr. Mitch Ball. How you doing, Mitch? Good. How are you, Jack? I'm doing great. Every, yeah, 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 I mean, it, it's been an incredible year, uh, incredible year plus now for me because I started in Gates Chai Lai. Uh, you got the name right. I oh, started back I was in, in January. <laughs> yeah, January of, of 2021, and I had a, a new baby at the time, and so uh, it's wow. been a bit of a hustle for the for the last year or so, but. Um, it's really great to hear your voice because, as you mentioned, we met some years ago at, at, at uh, ASBO conferences, and mm-hmm. um, you've been been great to hear your voice, and and would love yeah. to see you again soon. I know, and we, so, but we stay connected though. Like, I mean, from time to time, we text, and I check in on you, you know, see how you're doing, what's going on, and it's always good to hear your voice as well. Yeah. So first off, I got to say that when I looked for the Jack Mitchell podcast. I didn't get the result I intended. <laughs> Apparently, there is already a Jack Mitchell out there doing a podcast. What? Oh, I, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I looked on the Apple store, and, and there was another Jack Mitchell. And so, anyway, I like the name you chose, SBO Perspectives. I yes. think it perfectly um, surmises what you're trying to do here, which is, which is to get um, an idea of um, how other business officials are, are thinking and working in, in today's environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, having said that, by the way, I've been wanting to mention this like the last two or three episodes. I started uh, an email account, Perspectives at Gmail. So anybody out there have questions, want to lend to the show, well, not show, well, podcast, you know, in any episode, I'm open to, obviously, I have so many different folks uh, lined up, so many different topics, but always open to, to hearing different things. And you know, Mitch, you know what's funny? When you mentioned the... Um, uh, the Saratoga conferences that we, we go to every summer. We haven't been to last summer. Probably not going to go this uh, June. Um, when I remember one time, and I alluded to it last time, my last episode, I said, upcoming got a guy that um, one time we went out 
and do you remember like that morning you did a hike or something like and i couldn't believe it like you're hanging out all night with us but you had done some major hike or some run or something that morning and and it was unbelievable i mean and i know you're big on that stuff you're like an iron man like times two um but do you but do you remember that at that time Oh, sure. I think I got up and I, I went up uh, to, uh, I, we, we were either in Placid or Saratoga, either one, um, mm-hmm. and I went to uh, the Dix Range that time, which is uh, Five Peaks um, in okay. the High Peaks Wilderness, and I ran like 16 miles trying to set the fastest known time. I did like four hours, and it was like 6,000 feet elevation gain or something. Yes, but, yeah, that's what it that's was. The, that's the kind of adventure that, that I like, <laughs> something that that beats me up and and makes me forget about the world for a little while oh no listen and I, i'm with that too i remember when i had done the marathon or or the spartan beast run i think that's that's the upcoming i'm gonna have a talk about that like balancing out you know your mental right um but that's something i think helps you know fortitude obviously confidence as well um that's good and i'm you know i just had to bring that up i know i'm sort of like working in a certain time frame in the podcast but um you know i have questions for you um and as as you get rolling um this episode i just want to talk about what it's about and then we'll get get into it and you can get rolling um but before before you do that oh, yeah, Jack, ahead, i yeah. just want to add just want to add one more thing years ago there used to be an asbo podcast that i used to listen to on my drives to naples i drive an hour each way to um, naples central school district wow. um, my prior employer and now you're doing this. It's awesome. Um, I remember when you were running for um, the board of directors um, for ASBO, mm-hmm. um, you did a video. I hadn't <laughs> seen that before. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You are always out there doing creative things, uh, trying to be at the front, and I really appreciate you for that. So I just want to mention that before we get rolling with, with Thank questions. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Preach. And plus, you know, Mitch, we got something in common. Mitchell, my last name, your first name, It just we got that kind of connection as is, right? So... What more can you ask for there? Great, great. Uh, So, yeah, so this podcast, looking at operational efficiency, and I know you've you've really had conversations. You've sort of matched this, and you've come into districts and and ship-shaped it up. Um, So I have, like I said, some questions here, always conversational on the podcast. Want to get get kicking off with this. What is your definition of operational efficiency? efficiency so um operational efficiency that's you know when you asked me um to talk for this episode um i got to thinking like what what would be a good topic to talk about we spend a lot of times talking in terms of educational funding regulations requirements we talk about leadership which is also a passion of mine Mm -hmm. um but it's 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 played often you know it's often um talked about I decided I wanted to focus on organizational and workplace efficiency and mm-hmm. organization, yes. as that is something not typically discussed um, in education and government um, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could talk for hours about this, but I'll try and keep it short, <laughs> and I'll also no try and eliminate as much jargon as, as possible as, as sure. um, we, we have this discussion. So um before i begin talking about what is operational efficiency to me Mm -hmm. um i want to share a little of my background kind of my street credit on this topic is that um, my history um before education was in in manufacturing um and 
you know, I spent 13 years in manufacturing hmm. uh, where I learned a lot. I was in a lot of leadership positions. I was able to travel around to different manufacturing facilities. Nice. And one of the things that we focused on is um, how do you make a process and an organization um, more lean? Um, lean is a big thing in, in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, how, how do you do that in a way that um, has a positive impact on the organization and doesn't negatively impact um, employee morale and culture. So, you know, there's a lot wrapped up in there and a lot to talk about. Um, but, but I want to uh, make sure to, to mention, too, that none of this really belongs to me. Uh, most of what I talked about is learned from others. Um, some mm-hmm. of it's from um, Japanese lean manufacturing. Wow, um, because the, the Japanese have a really good way. When you think about Toyota, there's a, a great book called The Toyota Way on this. Wow. Um there's uh, the American military um, mm-hmm. who's been really efficient. And then I um, came in contact with a lot of efficiency experts. Okay. And so um, it's not flashy what I'm going to talk about, but it, it's um, it matters and it matters considerably for mm. a lot of really good reasons. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, generally when, when I talk about um, organizational and workplace efficiency, I'm talking systems. So <laughs> I'm not talking about, you know, human capital um, and getting the right people in the right positions and getting the right people on the bus. Um, I'm talking about a different topic altogether, which is just the systems um, component of it. Not something that, you know, we typically hear about at our conferences uh, in Saratoga or or wherever um, Mm -hmm. is, is just the systems of organization. And so um, why, you know, why do we want um, operational and workplace efficiency? Well, really for a number of reasons. Um, specifically when thinking about um, education, uh, when you create efficiency, mm-hmm. um, you reduce the amount of money tied up in things, like, for instance, in inventory. So one of the things um, I've done in Gates Chilai, and I did it in Naples, and I did it in manufacturing, was uh, you know having, for instance, a central storage. When I came into Gates Chilai, for instance, just alone in our district office, every single department in their special ed instruction, mm-hmm. uh, the superintendent's office, the business office, human resources, everybody had their own office supplies. This is a small example. Um, there's much bigger examples, whether it's files and record retention mm-hmm. or um, maintenance shops and equipment. But really, when you have multiple people storing post-it notes, let's say, something small, and every single department has post-it notes, and I go to the business office um, storage room and I grab the last thing of post-it notes mm-hmm. and I order more little did I know someone the else whole got it district office <laughs> yeah, there's like 8,000 yeah. you know, post-it notes so that's money that's tied up that could be better redirected to education Correct. frankly yes yeah, so you yeah. know we look at we look at systems um you know okay. why else we want to do it specifically um gotcha. we in, we increase our workspace yeah. so when you when you have like 10 supply closets let's say you get it all to one place and you only have enough um, to get you a certain period of time, which is a whole other process. Uh, then you increase the workspace. So now when people are saying we have no room in this building, well, mm-hmm. you haven't really been efficient with your space. So it's not really about not having space. It's not, it's about not being it's efficient a combination with your space. of factors. Yeah. 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 So yep. you don't need to think outside the box. Got you it. need to do better with your box. You're right. I think um, you, you hit on the head. A lot of people do not, think this way and i think this is a, a really that's a really informative that folks can can see that it's more than just like you said the bodies 
um, you're yes. thinking differently about how you're utilizing it. So, um, well, yeah. all off of this, what obstacles you think you may have faced, like in, in achieving this this process? It sounds like you know it's intricate. It sounds like you get, you're thinking about a lot of different things. But what kind of obstacles you may might face when you when you're dealing with this? So before I talk about obstacles, let me just mm-hmm. talk about just a few more um, wastes. Okay. Um, and, and so, and it's really important when thinking about um, workplace efficiency that you think in terms of waste because it's what the Japanese call mudas, mm-hmm. and there's um, seven deadly wastes um, to operational efficiency. Um, and so the really the ones I want to focus on specifically are waste in motion which is a big one in education because, you know, for instance, if you have, like, if you're in an office space, so I'm only talking office spaces right now, mm-hmm. and you have a scanner, like, down the hall, far away, mm-hmm. and somebody has to keep going back and forth to scan in documents, that's a waste of motion, a waste of time, and they're less efficient. And when they're less efficient, they spend less time doing important work and more time doing um, value-wasted work. Yeah. So... You know, what you need is like to get them a desktop scanner mm-hmm. that can save a lot of time because now they don't have to go down to that printer to scan a document. Um, you know, another another waste would be like, um, you know, that inventory piece. Uh, so, you know, kind of to move on a little bit is mm-hmm. um, how how do you go about tackling waste? Well, you got to make it visible. So you got to talk about it. You mm-hmm. got to be conscientious of waste. You got to be accountable to it and you got to measure it. And then you got to work towards eliminating and reducing it. So those are just some steps mm-hmm. um, before um, you can get to the point where um, you know you're you're ready to face challenges. Right, exactly. So your next, yeah, your next question is what obstacles have I faced? Well, really, the obstacles are this is the human component. I think fear of change. Um, people mm. um, fear change. Um, another one is pride of ownership. They have a lot of ownership in the work that they're doing or the process they've created. Um, and then another one is entrenched behaviors, you know, things that they've been doing for a very long time and they don't want to change them. Um, you know, what I spoke about before, um, generally, when thinking about like Bowman and Deal, for instance, they talk about um, frames of leadership. That's in the structural frame. Um, generally, the challenges don't lie in the structural frame because we all know that um, workplace and organizational efficiency can um, make better environments for people to work in safer environments, um, you know, environments that people are more comfortable working in. Um, the, the challenges really lie in winning over people's hearts and minds. Um, and this is a process, frankly, that has to be approached with kindness and understanding because okay. we all fear change on some level. Um, I think it's biologic. Uh, nobody likes to, to change. So when people mm-hmm. learn that operational efficiency will make their days more enjoyable, mm-hmm. um, less stressful, and okay. create more opportunities for kids, it's really a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, and really it's about knowing effective methodologies to bring about change in organizations. Um, one of the researchers that I like to um, refer to is John Cotter. He talks a lot about um, change models for leaders. Um, And so if ever that's something you're interested in, um, he's created kind of a a rubric for how you can work through change processes. Um, Some examples that I can share with you um, through my experiences, Mm -hmm. um, I had an associate superintendent for instruction um, come to me and say, why are we doing this? You know, why are you pushing these changes? And I said, well, why don't you come meet with me and I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about 
um, why why I'm pushing for this and why I'm trying to make things more efficient. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of that conversation, she had a better understanding. And in addition to that, her staff started coming back to me without any conversation with her and saying, gee, Mitch, it was great because I ran out of these folders and there were, there were uh, folders in the central storage room. And I didn't even know we had all of these folders, <laughs> nice. you know. And so, you know, another example is a maintenance uh, mechanic on the job. So I implemented a process where they would have carts mm-hmm. um, with all of their maintenance equipment organized exactly the same. So if you went to any building, you would find this cart. And instead of lugging equipment from building to building and out of the basement in the shop, you take this cart to the job. And I had a, a maintenance mechanic who um, right from the start said, this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. You know, why are we going to do this? Uh, this isn't going to do anything. Well, within months, he came back to me and said, gee, Mitch, I took the cart. I take the cart to the job and I don't need to go back and forth 10 times because I forgot a pair of pliers. I f- forgot a socket wrench. I didn't have the right size Phillips um, head mm-hmm. screwdriver, um, you know, all of these things were right there in an organized cart that he could take with him from job to job to job with an iPad where the jobs would just keep popping up on the iPad because we implemented some software solutions too um, to his, his maintenance issues. So, you know, over and over again, what happens is, is you have to ask people, can you give this a try and see how it goes? And if it goes well, then we'll keep it. If it doesn't, then we'll mm-hmm. try something else. So it's also about being flexible and being willing to pivot. Got it. Well, you know, off of that, um, you know, I guess one of the other questions I have was pretty much answered. Um, it was the, you know, the preparation that you have for the challenge that you may have faced. And you speaking upon that, you know, that that is really clear in what, what you've done and continue to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, how do you still build off of that? So in other words, you know, if this, this could be maybe my, my last question, we can continue to talk, but how do you continue to, to grow, like get better? Like, you know, what steps are you taking to, cause, um, you know, and I noticed too, that you, by the way, your district is, is rated one of the top, top, um, places to work for, which is a great, great. And I'm thinking it, it's probably because it's efficiency here, <laughs> you know, that you guys are probably implemented there, but, but just how do you continue to just, stay on track with the efficiency is the key you know well so a couple of things number one is you have to um you know you have to really uh, build a, a leadership team um that's strong in the district i think that's an important component because um you know we we become a top workplace not um solely by uh, being efficient and pushing initiatives but also by listening um, by seeking to understand, um, you know, which is, um, you know, one of the seven habits of highly effective leaders. Um, yeah, yeah, but, but it's, it's also about, um, over time creating a culture of continuous improvement because, um, Mm -hmm. what you need to do is you need to change minds. Um, when, when you create a culture of continuous improvement, everyone is then looking for um, efficiencies and inefficiencies. Uh, This is what the Japanese call Hansai, Mm. um, which means to become a learning organization through relentless reflection. And that's really, yeah, that's really, yeah, really one way of, of um, getting better. That's a step we take to, to, 
develop a culture of continuous improvement, to know that we're always looking to get better. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is um, what they call another Japanese thing, Kaizen events. And these mm-hmm. are like continuous improvement events where you push in and you look at a specific process. So you say like, gee, I want to look at this purchasing process. Gee, mm-hmm. I want to look at our process for implementing work orders. You know, like how, where are the inefficiencies in this process? How can we sit down and look end to end and ask ourselves, is there a way we can make this process more efficient? Are there steps we can eliminate? Are there things that we shouldn't be doing or should be doing in this mm-hmm. process? And is there any um, technology that can help us do it better? Mm-hmm. Um, so that once again, once again, we can focus our energy where it's important. Um, we can we can spend our money where it's important. We can be doing the important work that needs to be done for the betterment of, of kids, for the betterment of society. And then another thing um, that I like to do is internal audits. So um, this is a process whereby you're constantly, so from a maintenance perspective, um, we would go around and we would look at an area, you know, and, and the way I did this is I like to carve out quadrants of the district. Mm-hmm. You know, like today we're going to look at quadrant one of this particular elementary building and we're going to do a walk around. And as we walk around, we're going to look for things that maybe are out of place from where they're supposed to be. We're going to look for ways to be more efficient. Um, we're going to look for how things are standardized or not standardized so that if somebody gets moved from one building to another and they go to a um, cleaning closet, they will automatically know that, you know, first of all, we have standard supplies. And on the top left, you're going to have this supply on and then on the top right, you're going to have this supply. And on the wall, you're going to have a hook and you're going to find a broom, a dustpan, et cetera. Okay. Like those are the processes you need to put in place so that if somebody's sick or somebody needs to change building, mm-hmm. it's all standardized and it's easy for people. It's weird because some people, um, you know, at first don't like it because mm-hmm. um, it's too anesthetic, antiseptic. What's the word? I don't know. It's too, um, you know, it's too clean. Uh, but really what ends up happening is people have less anxiety because on the job they're not looking for things. They're not getting frustrated. Okay. Um, they know whose responsibility is what, mm. and they can come to work and feel like every day, um, they've accomplished something great. That's good, and that's critical so, right now in a pandemic where you got a lot of yes. worries outside the uh, you know the office that you don't want to kind of bring in. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and as and as a leader, I think we need to be present and we need to be a model. So that, that means that like when you're doing different things, whether it's a kaizen event and an audit, whether you're asking people to create some efficiency that they're not used to, that you're part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know you you model it. Your office isn't a complete disaster. <laughs> I mean, you know you gotta you gotta be willing to um, yeah. do so what improve. you can yeah, to exactly. ma- yeah be the model. to make sure that yeah you gotta be the model. You gotta make sure that again as much money mm-hmm. and and organizational mm-hmm. effort goes towards our mission of preparing kids to be college and career ready and productive members of society. Yeah. So okay. you know that's really for me what workplace and organizational efficiency is in the k-12 um in the k-12 sector and you know i like to do um trainings on this Mm -hmm. um it's something i'm super passionate about and so you know if ever you or anyone else has more questions they can feel free um to reach out to me on this topic yeah this is really really good stuff mitch i tell you i i didn't even expect this tonight to, to get all this um and there's a lot so i'm hoping that even by sending out my email folks do you want to reference some of this information? 
I can get them in contact with you. Or let me they can look you up as well, but I can pass along the information. But this is really great. I mean, and I, I would say I normally do add on something on the end where, where you can, you know, get to the viewers. But we are getting up high on the time here. So, um, but I just want to kind of reflect real quick and, and say, you know, this this podcast can really enlighten a lot of folks in the time where you need it the most on efficiency and doing so in the ways you described, I think it'll be really, really useful and helpful to all SPOs out there. So, um, I really appreciate you, Mitch coming on, uh, you know, the podcast tonight and really giving enlightening to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not something we typically talk about. It's not something, Mm -hmm. as I mentioned that people in education or, or government usually talk about, but I think that there's a real opportunity, um, at least in the um, the districts I've been in, mm-hmm. um, there's a real opportunity uh, to change hearts and minds and, again, um, be as efficient as possible so that mm-hmm. we're doing as a good of a job as we can for kids. So yeah. um, thanks thanks for all you're doing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's great to hear your voice. <laughs> Same here. Well, listen, um, having said that, thanks again, uh, Mitch. And I wanted to say, Signing off here, Jack Mitchell. It's been another great evening podcast here for the week. SPO Perspectives, and I'll see you all next week. Thanks.